it's brand new and i'm sharing it with you i watched a movie last night and now i'm sharing it with you December 25th, 2020, like five days ago with an 83% on Metacritic and already the 161st all-time rated movie on IMDb. Jeremy, we just watched Soul. We sure did, buddy. How you doing, JT? I'm good, bud. How are you? I'm doing all right. I want to get something out of the way right here. As of about 30 seconds from now, we're going to just be spoiler-filled for the whole rest of this thing. Oh, yeah. This is just going to be spoiler after spoiler after spoiler. Yeah, so this is your sort of winding down to uh, not have major plot points of the movie Soul Revealed because it's one of those movies I think it's pretty hard to talk about. We could talk a bit about the animation and all this and that, but you know what? We're not actually movie reviewers here. We're just two good friends having a good time talking about movies the way we we like. So we're going to skip some of that stuff. Yeah, and for the record, like we're not going to do a lot of these. Like the, I just watched, the intention is really to, like if we go back in time and watch old movies, but this one, because it was direct to streaming, or as I've said five times now, direct to DVD, because that's just where <laughs> I'm at in my life, uh, and because it just came out, and because we both just watched it, and it just got referenced on yesterday's list in the podcast, it felt like it was a good time to do a spoil one. I also think, because everybody else is also locked at home, most people have probably seen this. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it's safe that all Disney Plus subscribers have probably already watched uh, Soul in its first week of existence. And you know what? They should, because it's a great movie. This is a great movie, people. Yeah, I am a huge fan of it. I'm actually really excited to watch it again already. Uh, it was just, it was really, really, really well done. So I think what we should do is first, Jeremy, did you pull any fun facts? Did you, because I know you did some research, I did some research. Did you? Did you find anything fun out about this movie before we talk about the movie itself? Couple of couple of things, not a huge. Uh, I didn't go too deep in the wells of the internet. So, so this is last time saying as of now, spoilers are welcome to talk about the movie Soul. So, uh, push stop. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and blah 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 because it's the internet and content. Just kidding, we don't care about that stuff. We just want you to have a good time. Uh, I think the most interesting thing for me when when I was reading about some of the making of this movie was actually some of the journeys of the uh, writer, Mike Jones and the director, Pete doctor to getting here, which I thought was a little bit interesting uh, and learning even more about the Pixar process, which I had known a lot about in the past, but this time I decided to geek out a little on this, their whole, you know, fail fast, which is a tech industry mentality, but then what they call failing up, which is, Take, a, take an idea that's not working and how do you up-level it into an even better idea? And I just love that spirit and I think this movie represents that so well. So that that's the area I would geek out on a little bit. How about you, JT? I think I think you're you're deeper in the rat, rat holes of the internet. Did you go to the dark web to learn more about this one? What, what's going on here? I went to the medium gray web. <laughs> it's like a slate gray, like a space gray from Apple, if you would. That, that's not where you hire assassins. That's where you hire people to do glitter bombs for you and things like that. <laughs> that's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, so because it's a Pixar movie and because I think everyone is now well associated with how much I love Pixar and just animation in general, any animated film is likely to get my attention. I did want to talk a little bit about the Pixar facts because they did do some fun Pixar things again. So in the Hall of Everything, there's the I, I spotted the Pizza Planet truck I saw a garbage truck, which I don't know if it's a direct nod to Toy Story, 
and Sid, but it feels like it is. Hold up, JT. Just so I know here, are you saying you caught the pizza truck during the movie or you've since Googled it, found it, etc.? No, this is what I saw. These are the things Ooh. that I saw. And then the other one that I don't know Very if it was in, I don't know if this was intentional, but there's a good dialogue about pizza because you can't taste in the afterlife. And so they have all this pizza, but you can't actually taste it. And there's a broccoli pizza, which is a big thing from inside out, which I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a nod, or it could have just been there's pizza and it's broccoli. I don't know. I feel like everything is intentional with Pixar. I, I agree. I don't think there's I, I, I don't think that things like that are coincidental in their world. I think there could easily be the time where they're like, we don't care, just put some toppings on the damn pizza. But I think if there's even the the moment you your brain goes to, well, wait a sec, they did broccoli that one time, then it's just a certainty. Yeah. I guess it's like uh, if there's a 1% chance that that could possibly have happened, we have to treat it like it's an absolute certainty. It must exist. That's right. Oh, wait, I'm in the wrong franchise, aren't I? <laughs> Different franchise, but that's okay. It's, it's the same concept. Okay. So the two things I didn't catch, well, three things I didn't catch. One, apparently there's a tiny street sign that says A113 somewhere in the Hall of Everything, which of course there mm -hmm. is. Uh, the second one, and I think you and I actually talked about this briefly before we started recording, John Ratzenberg. So I noticed when watching, I caught no John Ratzenberg. I'm like, there's no way. Is he sick? Where is he? Like he needs to be in this, but apparently he's in there. Did you hear him, Jeremy? I did not. I was listening, uh, and I too could not notice the the, the Cliff Clavin moment of <laughs> of the thing. Uh, by the way, wouldn't it be great? Uh, you've read some of those grand unifying theories of the Pixar universe and how like yep. Bugs Life happened here and these happened there and all that. Wouldn't it be cool if like at the very they, one day they're like, all right, we're just done, and the whole thing was like all based on Cliff Clavin from Cheers somehow. And John Ratzenberger is actually the central unifying theme of Pixar. That would be amazing. It's all just his, this is his dreamscape. Like this entire thing is just his dreamscape yeah. would be hysterical. Uh, so the one thing that what's funny about that is Pete Doctor has revealed that he is in the film, but he doesn't have a specific credit and he's, and Pete Doctor won't say who it is. The other, so this one, I clearly didn't pick this up, but what a, what a beautiful Pixar thing, if this is true. I want this to be true so bad. So there's a hidden A113 Easter egg. So when Terry's, when Terry's searching for Joe, she pushes a key on the piano, which is an A2 note, which is normally 110 hertz, but on a detuned piano. And if you check the tuning, it's at 113. So it's an A at 113 hertz. Once again, sounds like it's got to be that. Of course that's, of course that's Pixar. Yeah. That is so... Yeah amazingly nerdy and makes me so happy that's like that's just so cool that's such a cool thing I, I love i love the way they think about these things i love it's the difference between a pixar movie and so many others is that even if they have some misses here and there not every pixar movie is great by, by a long shot but their attempt to make everything great and to that level of perfection uh, you know, I wrote when I wrote my kids' book a couple of years back. I actually channeled my inner Pixar. I, I really took a look at that, where there was like a moment where they, the 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 illustrator had put a clock in the in the schoolroom, but the time that they had drawn was like five five thirty p.m. And I'm like, well, it's school, so it can't be that right. late. It's got to be a morning hour. And all I thought I, I was thinking to myself, like, how would Pixar handle this? So yeah, if it's the A hundred thirteen hertz, absolutely. Because afterwards, someone else would have caught it when they probably had it like D-117 be like, 
guys, 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 no, 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 move that over there. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it, it's that level of attention to detail. The other thing that I love about Pixar, which, you know, all, there's a lot of filmmakers that do stuff like this, but this specifically is a musician thing for me. I love when musicians do things that they know no one's going to catch. Like right. it's, it's so, they so did it for them, right? Like this is truly their craft and their passion. So no one's going to like hear that and go, oh, that's a detuned at 113 hertz. But it didn't stop them from going to the, through the process of, well, if he's going to hit a key, he might as well hit an A and we might as well detune it a half step. So it gets to 113. Like, I just love that that was somebody in the room raised their hand and you know, everybody else in that room who is equally nerdy went, yeah, man. <laughs> like they were really excited about the idea. Um, do you want to geek out a little bit about music right now? Or do you want to geek out a little bit more on like cool Pixar trivia right now? I think I, I don't really have any more Pixar stuff unless you do. If you, I'd love to know what you learned. Well, the, the thing for me was a bit more about the making of the story. What I found, I think the most interesting is their quest to find a career for Joe that would be the right job. And for a long development of the movie, they had been toying with him as a scientist. Okay. And then had, had this moment where, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but basically they started feeling like it wasn't as accessible. Whereas a musician, you know, technically anybody could become a musician. And unfortunately, many of those who try don't aren't able to make the career of it, as this movie talks about. Whereas in science, you have to go get a degree. Like you, you don't have a lot of uh, will huntings showing up in the uh, in the scientific landscape. True story. Right. So they went with the musician, which I think is is also great because it let them have that moment in the movie where he gets his break. And then, you know, is not super, for lack of a better word, jazzed about it. Right. Right. Whereas that was totally unintentional. That, that wouldn't have worked as well with a scientist, right? Like, what was he going to do? Have some big breakthrough? And then like, oh, I guess I go back to sciencing some other stuff. Like, it, it, it would have been a harder story to tell. Whereas I think the musician, I also thought an athlete could have been an interesting one. Uh, but we have so many movies about sports and not nearly enough about musicians. So... I like that touch here. Yeah, I, I, I love the way you said that. And I hadn't thought of the athlete thing, but I'm actually really glad they didn't because there is a certain level of athleticism that is that comes natural to some people that doesn't. And that's not to say that there aren't people who are naturals in music too, but like, like you can commit yourself to playing the triangle and maybe get so good at it that you are now a triangle player in like, you know, the Philadelphia Orchestra. You're never going to be six, seven. Is that a triangleist? <laughs> a triangler? triangular i don't know it's a good question yeah, we, I, I would hope that whoever's taken the time to name that profession has done something clever with it yeah like i if you didn't have fun naming that you did it wrong for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like something about the pythagoras theory or <laughs> yeah something I mean, uh, the, i'll say this much it is a cute job ah look at you that is good i wish i had a follow-up triangle pun but i don't <laughs> no no that's that's very obtuse of you Ah, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. You're welcome. On the only thing I like, so musically, you know that I, I I could talk about the music in this for a long time. I'm not going to. It, I, it could I could overdo it. There was a couple of things I thought were really neat. So first and foremost, you know who did a lot of the music for this? Do you know who is behind it? I do. Uh, although I wasn't familiar with one of the uh, contributors, uh, uh, the uh, the person who worked with Mr. Red Resner, which is nowhere. So Atticus Ross. I don't know who Atticus Ross is. Yeah, so they're both from Nine Inch Nails. They like they're both in Nine Inch Nails. Ah, 
Okay. Yeah. So Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. One thing that I picked up on, because I did, I read before this going into it that those guys were involved just because it's kind of neat. I also love Trent Reznor. Like musically, he's a very interesting cat. There's an, there's a scene and this, I didn't, I didn't read this, but it made me think of it. Do you remember in the beginning when Joe's walking through all the things that don't kill him? Right. Like a, a, a huge thing of bricks falls and he barely misses right. it. He steps over a huge blanket of nails. I was like, is that a Nine Inch Nails reference? Probably. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. By the way, that whole sequence, I don't know about you, because I, I have a friend who she was always able to know what twist is coming in the movie. I'm watching them walk and I'm like, oh, what a lucky guy. At no point do I even think something bad's about to happen to this guy. Because I didn't know what the central story was about. I just thought it was about a musician. I didn't know it was this whole great beyond story going into it. The only reason I was expecting it is because my friend Gary ruined it and said, I think he gets hit by a bus or something. So I was like, oh, okay, so this guy obviously dies. So I knew, I didn't know how they were going to do it. I thought the manhole cover open was pretty fun. It was actually kind of like a clever, I really did love, by the way, this is a, a note, a story note that I hadn't thought of until now. Watching with a four-year-old or just like constantly now I'm, I'm looking at things differently. I'm like, okay, is this like really hard? The way that he falls into the thing and then wakes up as the blue soul thing was so not terrifying. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Star. That was such a thoughtful, kind way to do that instead of watching Mufasa get stampeded by a thousand wildebeests. Like, much preferable. Big ups. Appreciate you. Uh, agreed. It was <laughs> It was a moment, though, where everybody in our, in our house were like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. Oh, that, so he's dead. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Let's keep going, then. Yeah, you know, I guess but the agree, they, handled it, they handled it in that way that, yeah, I would say the two worst Disney deaths in like quick thinking about it are Mufasa and Bambi's mother. Bambi's mom. Yep. Right. Bambi's mom. All time. Horrible. All time. All time. You know, the Time Magazine put 20 put on their top 25 horror movies of all time. Bambi's in their list. It should be. I, I don't know. I don't think I've told this story on the podcast, but very quickly as a non sequitur. Uh, my birth mother used to tell a story about me all the time that she took me to Bambi and we saw it in theaters oh. and oh. I was four maybe or five when this, when it came out. And so Bambi's mother dies and I stood up, this is you know obviously secondhand because I don't remember it, but I stood up on my seat screaming and crying, run Bambi run in the theater. <laughs> I might do that today if I had to watch it again. I probably still would. I'd consider it anyway. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. No, it's a. I like that story. It's 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 exactly right. It's, uh, so yeah, this movie they handle it very well. I'll tell you that this will be my first sort of ding on the movie. Is uh, as much as I love that first moment when you realize we're now in some afterlife setting, where on the way to the great beyond. From this point forward, I think the originality was blew my mind in some ways. Like I think it was very because, and I, I'm sure if I were to go read further, there's probably some. Um, some theory of the afterlife that they're leaning into here. This is not necessarily a Judeo-Christian one or some other specific religion. Maybe it's some philosopher. I'm not sure. Where I felt the movie starts going off a little, and this is what I think the only thing that pulls it from what I, I would, I call this a nine, by the way. Um, I'm saying that early because I'm going to keep hitting on it. The thing that pulls it from being a 10 to me is I don't know that the rules of their netherworld, whatever that place is, are very sticky or clear like i get the idea that like much like even movies like boss baby and other animated where 
something happens that throws a, a, a wrench into the whole machine and somehow the soul gets lost, the baby gets lost, etc., into a set of sequences that shouldn't be possible. But it does. It's, it's never very clear. Like you got that one, the, the, the antagonist line art creature and then the protagonist or the neutral line art creatures. It's yeah. just not clear. And I don't need it to be spelled out for me who they are, what they do and all that. But it's not necessarily clear when they can do things and when they can't. It's not clear to me when the souls have any power versus don't. Like, that's what I, that was my, I don't need to explain to me. I just didn't feel it was always completely consistent. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's fair. I hadn't actually gone down that rabbit hole, to be honest. I had, I don't know that I had thought through that. But now that you're mentioning it, it is a little loosey-goosey because it's like there's one guy who counts and then he yeah, I could see that. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that's a little, yeah, that's a little unthought through. It feels like just sort of like that. That's a thing you just had to accept as whatever for, for it to work. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing is I quickly moved my mind into, okay, the, the rules are not hard and fast. Like the rules, for example, in monsters Inc are hard and fast, right? This yeah. happens here. This happens there. There's still some hinky moments, but, it, but you're very clear here. I think the rules are a little sloppier, but it's not, um, it's not, it doesn't really take you too far out of the movie and you can easily get back into it and recover with it. That's actually really interesting, Jerry. I hadn't thought of this, but they do. There's like a really weird human fallibility component to whatever this afterlife is that sort of doesn't track now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Like, I, like you got the guy with a clipboard or whatever. I don't remember those characters' names. It's Terry anyway, and Jerry. And <laughs> yeah. And the animation there was so stand out. Yeah, big time. Uh, like, super. Every time I see, I have this thing now, and we'll talk about them also a little bit later. On like, when the CGI comes to, or I don't even know if it's CGI or just animation because it's not like enhanced people, but when it takes you to a level that you're like, wow, I've never seen them do this in a movie before. Uh, this one had several of those. The line art creatures of the of the Everlife or whatever are the exact example. And we were watching it and it was like, all of a sudden I realized while talking to the kids in real time, like this is a 3d movie that has a 2d element to it and it works. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a strong artistic decision. And I thought it was like executed to perfection. Like there was no, yeah. there was no part of me that when they first came on screen, I went weird. And then like the next time they were on screen, I was like, Oh wow. I accepted this really fast. Like they like it just it made me realize how well they must have done it that I was just like oh yeah they're not three dimensional <laughs> like right. it's okay. like really really clever really clever so yeah I also just for the record um I will talk about why it's not a ten for me later it's a it's a high eight low nines absolutely probably creeping into nine uh, the things so so the things I loved about this movie specifically because there's only one big criticism I have and I want to save that for the end okay. so. I love how quickly they got into the story. Like th it, there was no time, right? It's like struggling music teacher, not having a great time, fighting with kids, loves music, clearly talented, gets a break, very excited. Boom. Afterlife. I'm like, okay, cool. We're 12 minutes in and I know exactly where we're going. That was great. I also, because it is a kid's movie, appreciate that even though it's listed as like 147, I think, or 143 or something like that, the runtime, the real runtime is an hour and a half. That's great. It's the right amount of time. It's, it's exactly right. Yeah. I didn't think it was bloated. At no point was I like, this is slow or it's fast or I'm confused. The whole time I was like, 
got this. This is it's pacing perfectly. I'm excited where we're going. And you could actually sit down with your kids and watch this movie and not have like three bathroom breaks and at least one meltdown, which is a huge, huge thank you again. <laughs> I, you knew this was coming, but I'm not going to, again, I won't nerd out too hard. The way they treated the music in this made me so happy. Music's amazing. That first scene where he's playing music to the kids, his posture, the way his hands move across the piano, the way that they took time to like the compression and depression of the actual keys themselves and where he's hitting those notes. Like clearly these are the attention to detail people, but it was just like, I just remember watching it going, this is magic. Like it was magic to watch it come to life like that. I I agree. I'm not a musician, obviously you could tell by my scant singing on our podcast, but the, you can tell when someone's done that homework to do a thing right. And, and visually the way they treat the music scenes as well as the music itself is so beautiful. I do like, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a jazz aficionado by any means. I like a lot of the sort of mid-century American jazz and their nods to it and throwing in some Brubeck in there. Like the way they play with classical jazz, I guess it would be called and contemporary and original music really nicely done really really well done yeah i thought they nailed it and and it was there's another scene where i think her name is Dor- yeah, dorothy's playing the saxophone and it's the yeah. first time that she plays first of all the animation in that forget the music the the like visual animation in that was so strong that if you told me it was real life and they just used an instagram filter i'd have been like sure that's probably true um but then also the music in that particular scene was again, really like the sax itself and the way that that sound worked and the way they imaged the actual sound and how they sort of like moved the sound around based on where the camera was so that you were sitting differently based. It was just like, all that stuff is so cool. Like, it's so cool that they do stuff like that. Um, I just loved it. I I, I was so impressed. Again, wouldn't be ever surprised that they do stuff like that because that's what they do. Um, But I was... I'm going to watch this a hundred times more. There's also one fun thing just because you mentioned it. Um, Curly, who's the kid that he taught, who's the drummer, who's voiced by Questlove, by the way, because the roots, why not? Of course. He's got a great t-shirt on that says classic and free and fusion and modal, which is all jazz types, which I thought was a really dope little (laughs) t-shirt. Nice. So I've got a few little things I prepped for you, JT, a couple of little ranking exercises. And the first one I've got is related to music. Okay. So I'm going to give you four movies, all about kind of a musician's journey. Sure. And I'm going to let you rank them. I think you've seen all four, just a hunch based on you. Uh, First one, of course, is Soul. Second one is Whiplash. You've seen Whiplash. Ray. Yep. And Walk the Line. Oh, boy. All very good movies, all very different. Well, Ray and Walk the Line are similar, right? Because they're biographical and it's like that's sort of different. Whiplash is a... So my... What am I ranking? Am I ranking the how good the movie is, or am I ranking how good the music is? You are ranking, uh, you know, freestyle. You pick you you. Those are your four movies to choose from. Put them in an order. It could be rewatchability, just quality movie, hmm. musician's journey, the music itself. You pick a thing and you rank them. So I'm, I'm can I do two different ones? Because the the, yeah, list, the list changes. Wait, let me check my management. Let me hold on, hold on. Hey, uh. Yeah, no, he wants to know. He wants to know if it's okay. If he, yeah, you're sure. Yeah, no, they say it's cool. All right, sweet. Thanks, guys. Uh, all right, so let's start with best movie. So the best movie is Whiplash, and it's not close. 
the next three would probably be for me. I would go. Uh, it's tough because I haven't watched Soul more than the one time because it came out like yesterday. But it might go Soul next, and then I think probably Ray, and then Walk the Line. Although those last two could be very easily interchanged. For music, Whiplash is last because it 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 focuses around music, but music music's a central theme. But there's not actually a ton of music in it. You only get like two full songs, you right? Get, you get a couple of notes a lot of times, though. Yeah, I think. I think it would the list literally inverses. I think if I do it music, it goes Ray, Walk the Line, Soul, Whiplash. That's fair. I think that's fair. I think um, I mostly agree. I think my ranking of the movies themselves, Whiplash, definitely on top. And then I'm sort of mixed if it's uh, Soul or Ray, a second overall movie. They are so hard to compare. Like yeah. the only the only shared theme is that they're about me. Oh, I guess Jamie Fox. Ah, look at that. That's true. Yeah. Anyhow, you know what, JT? I kind of liked your take on that so much, and I have these lists. So I just want to. Can, can I do another ranking? Are you cool with that? Yeah, let's roll. I mean, I almost want you to rank the rankings, but we're <laughs> not going to do that. So we talked briefly. I don't know if we want to go that much deeper on the animation. For me, the only things, but that is going to be our next list. The The thing I do want to take a moment on is I thought the world building, like the world, the the parts that happened while Joe's alive, it was a real fresh take on a CG, uh, not a CG, is it a CG, whatever, a computer animated world, right? I was thinking through and actually went looking up other movies, like the real world was different than the real world in, say, Up!, it was yeah. different than the real world in The Incredibles. It was different than the real world in Toy Story, even. And I was impressed that you know, that's a hard... I, I've got to assume that's a very hard thing to do, even as creative as the folks at Pixar are, because they know how to make worlds already, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm sure there were people there that are like, all right, cool, Like, let's use the, these algorithms for houses from whatever, from up, and then we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll throw this original twist. I'm going to wager, again, there's no document that I could find, that this is a whole new, for lack of a better word, algorithm on how to paint a world. Uh, and then pairing that with, other than the, the souls themselves, which I felt were a little sort of minion-y, um, other than the actual souls, I thought all of the rest of the after or, or Everlife or whatever that, that beyond space was, was also beautifully and brilliantly done. Yeah, I agree. The only worlds that I think it were similar to, and I actually thought the animation was in very much the same vein, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least some overlap, was Inside Out. Because the the world in Inside Riley's world in Inside Out was a lot realer, right? When she's in San Francisco in the dingy house and they go down the like the during this when they're walking to go get the pizza, it is a little more like less animated, right? They just sort of did it the way they did it. Um, the, the, the after, you know, the great beyond in this and the world that they created for joy and the feelings are totally different, totally different. Um, and I thought this one was a little more, I mean, I can't say better done. It's just different. It was definitely different. It was a fresh take for sure. But there were, I agree with you that like the scene specifically with, uh, 22 when she's in Joe's body and she's like experiencing wind and there's all these little moments. Like it felt really, really very vivid. It was very real. I thought it was incredible. If they don't win all the things, I'll, I will be blown away. They definitely need to win all the things. All By the, the way, that, 
that was the other trivia I looked up. You know why 22 is the character's name? I, I have a guess, but I don't know for sure. It's a reference to Catch-22. And oh, life will only be great if you start living it is basically the central theme of Catch-22. So that's where that comes from. That's gorgeous. No, I didn't know that. that. That's really yeah. good. All right. So back to the animation, JT. I'm going to give you four animated movies to choose from. In this case, I want you to specifically focus on the originality of the animation itself. Okay. So I've got four totally different movies. Uh, and I can explain why I've picked all four. I don't know if you've seen all four or not. Trolls World Tour. Yep. Which is funny because I couldn't even compare the movies otherwise. Right. Uh, but anima- but original animation, I feel that the Trolls franchise brings something very new and special. Fuzzymation, whatever they would call it. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Kubo and the Two Strings. Yep. And Soul. Oh, boy. Just, just on it. Uh, not the movies themselves, but like or rank them from originality in what they bring to the field of animated movies. Okay. This is a really hard and a really, really good question, Jeremy. Um, I, so I'm just going to go pure, pure instinct. I'm going to go Kubo number one. And I think it's because Kubo changed the way everybody else animated. Fair. I think, I think that, that, that for me is, is a big one. Um, I think I would probably go, trolls next just because i think it went i agree with you i think they're just it's so different they're those both those movies don't look anything like any other movie and part of it is the world building for sure but also they just leaned into the lunacy that is the colors and like they really 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 went full bore also their attention to detail in a non not in in an unnecessary way they don't need to do every single thread of hair as well as they do on like the catter bus, but they do. I would probably go see, it's tough. I think I'd go soul next and then into the spider verse. Not that I don't think what spider verse did, but like what spider verse did really just brought an animation style that was already existing to the mainstream. It's not like they created it. Fair. I love it. I think it's amazing. I think a lot of movies are going to get made like that now and better because of it. And where I think they're going to continue to take that is really interesting but I don't inherently feel like that was that was just the introduction to a larger scale of people. It's not like they did something that was truly outlandish. That style of like that anime-ish animation is not a new trope. Like it's been done. They nailed it for sure. But I, I don't think they deserve the credit of like bringing something new to the table. Whereas Soul, I like the more I think about it, ah, it's tough. Three and four, I could flip. I could flip flop on either one of those. But I think I'm going to stick with Soul and then into Spider Verse for now. All right, good list, buddy. Thanks. I, th- I, love I think uh, I, I think I mostly agree. I think I'm tempted to put trolls on top. Uh, I remember when I saw. I, I actually really realistically give the first one the credit. I think the second one just sort of did it better. I agree. But the first one, I remember watching it and coming out of that being like, I don't even remember if the movie was particularly good or not. It was sort of a throwaway, uh, again, semi terrifying. Oh, so the the good guys are going to get eaten by the bad guys if yeah. we don't uh, act soon. Got it. So a little terrifying on that, but the animation and creating that fuzziness in a world of pixels that are so deliberate and specific, I thought was just stunning. I agree. Uh, and then I'm tempted to actually put Soul ahead of Kubo uh, only because I think that blend of 3D, 2D was so interesting and so new and fresh. That said, the, the, 
it's hard to not Kubo's one of those movies where you just need to give it massive props for the work put in to make it happen ever. Yeah. Like okay. just amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to my next ranking and then uh, we'll see where we go from there. Cool. It works for me. All right. This is now back to Pixar movies only. And this is specifically, I went looking at Pixar movies where I felt that the, the arc, the personal journey, uh, the, 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 the hero's quest, whatever you'd like to call it, is so much more profound than the rest of the movies, right? Because they make amazing movies. Toy Story does not have a massive character arc as, as an example. Great movie. So here are the four where I felt that it stands out the most. Inside Out, Cars, yep. which I know is sort of a remake of Doc Hollywood, but still it's all about the journey. Yep. Uh, Onward and Soul. So where do we have the most profound uh, personal journey in our Pixar lots here? And by the way, if you felt I missed a, an important one. Like, I think you, these are the four. You did. You missed one, but it's because you haven't seen it yet. Toy Story 4 finally fixed that oh. problem and introduced a very real character arc into the, the mix. Uh, but I think these four are, are, are fine. Well, they're, they're rather than fine. They're very good. So I think it, for me, goes inside out, Soul, Onward, and then, what was the fourth one? Cars. Uh, Cars is better than people think it is. But I, I honestly, I think Cars does, it's a similar arc to Soul, actually. It's like in, in some ways, and Soul does it better. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Soul ahead of it and put Cars last. Inside Out to me is it is still stunning. The, the, the fact that they tackled your emotions like that in a way that I think kids can handle, I still think is truly like one of the, one of the gems of cinema of the past 20 years. Now, if I gave you Toy Story 4 to throw in the midst, where would you put it? So Toy Story 4 is really strong. So I, I think there's probably an argument. On that journey. Yeah, I think Toy Story 4, because Toy, Toy Story 4, um, this isn't a spoiler, but it, it manages to handle l- renewal and loss in a really different way in a really different way. Um, and also acceptance. It just does some, it's really interesting. I think it probably slides into three and I could probably make an argument for why it might be better than soul. Interesting. We had a little piano. We, we, never a better time for your kids to play piano than during this conversation. So we're definitely not going to edit that out. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think I would put on the, on the personal arc journey, et cetera. I'm tempted to actually put soul at the top because I think you have sort of two different journeys happening at the same time and told in such a profound way. Uh, I think soul, you have the most, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to use the word adversity, but the most obstacles of the character arc. Uh, and I'm actually going to believe it with, and I hope this doesn't uh, hit you in the wrong way, but I'm going to put cars second Inside Out third and Onward fourth. Again, not that I don't love Inside Out. I think Inside Out is a better overall movie and emotional journey than Cars is. But I think what the main character's arc goes through from each of these movies, that that would be my order. So that's really interesting. So the, the only reason I'm, I, I, will, I could passionately disagree and we could have an argument about Please. this because it's fun. But the thing with me is I think you're underselling that there's more than one journey that happens in inside out because there's riley's journey and there's joy's journey and there's sadness's journey 
And the three of them, the two of the, the two coalesce into Riley's, but Riley experiencing them differently and at different times is why I think that movie is so successful and beautiful. I, it's a great point. I, I, I hear it. And I think we're going to leave our lists where they are so that there's no fisticuffs. Perfect. Fair enough. That, that's what happens when you disagree in 2020. Right. There is no, right. There's no room for moderate debate anymore. We would just no longer be friends. Wait, we, so wait, so are we saying we can have different lists and ranking of things and still enjoy talking to each other? I don't think it's possible. <laughs> 2021 is going to be all about bra. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. And let's hope that was the last time I ever say bra is a way of saying, I just, I don't say that much. I don't know where it came from. I liked it. I think it was fine. I think you were inspired by the music. Let the music take you where it takes you. That must have been that journey. <laughs> yeah, that was that journey. Okay, so if we can, because we got to wrap this up, but I, I do want to, I have one pitch. I have a pitch for you. Please, I would love for the pitch to ensue. Okay, I have one single criticism of this movie, like big criticism, like little nitpicky stuff. And now that I'm thinking about, I, I really like what you talked about with The Great Beyond, so I could probably expand on that, but I'm not going to. There's one thing that bummed me out, and it was the ending. Go on. Pixar, before I give you the pitch, I just want to be very clear. Pixar, in my opinion, is the one company, them and Disney, that has full right to go full camp all the time, and it's totally acceptable. Yes. So there is no schmaltz with them. They're allowed to do it. It's almost the expectation, and it's frustrating when they don't. Yeah, like you won't you don't have cocoa without some, a little bit of schmaltz. You, yeah, he like yeah, the, when know. they're walking up the thing in the end, that's what matters. Like you live for that moment. I didn't love that they didn't give me that moment here. When this movie turned off, I went, no, we're not just going to be like, okay, he's alive and he's like better. The end. I hated it. I was like, this is a bummer. This is a bummer. So four to five minutes of the credits have run like they do in Marvel. Then all of a sudden there's an additional screen. Screen is black, white letters. Just so I understand, JT, you're saying keep the story. Everything you saw happened as it happened. And, and now we're adding a scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's the same. I've not changed the okay, thing. So you weren't bummed out at what you saw. You just felt there's more, there should have been one more thing. Yeah. What they did was fine. I get why they did it. It made sense why okay. they did it, but they needed to end. They needed to land the plane. All right. Now let's land, let's land that plane, JT. Take okay. us in. So text on screen says 10 years later, right? So enter in on a very happy Joe teaching a class of fifth graders who are sloppily playing along. He laughs as they struggle, stopping them with a lovable, all right, all right, that's enough. There's a knock at the door that grabs his attention, and he turns to see Principal Arroyo and a new student in the doorway. Joe excitedly gets down on one knee to welcome the new student to his class. The student looks cautious but excited. Joe says, welcome to music class. It's full of possibilities, and I'm Mr. Joe, and I'm here to help you find them. What's your name? Student says, my name's Bliss. Joe says, what a beautiful name. What do you hope to learn here, Bliss? And Bliss says, I don't know. Like Orwell said, state-sponsored education is the rattling of a stick inside of a swill bucket. Joe audibly leans back and gasps, right? And you look, you look at him looking back to the girl. Then he looks up and accesses a memory. He looks down in utter amazement at the girl with his mouth open. She smiles directly at him. Camera cuts back to Joe. You see a spark in his eye. Camera at full speed zooms into the spark. Brighter, brighter, explodes, run credits. That's my pick. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Because... I honestly think like maybe like, w listen, is that 22? It's 10 years later. She'd be in fifth grade. Maybe, maybe it's not. That's by the way, the Orwell line is a line that, that 22 mentions earlier in the movie. So it's a direct, it's a direct recite. 
But that's why, like, I just, I like the idea of they're now both existing in the world and maybe they come across each other. Maybe they didn't. Maybe that's just another soul. Who knows? But I, I, I like the idea of showing him happy and fulfilled. And I really think it would have been magical if they showed him back where he was and sad before. Because for him to have found joy in his life and teaching, I think is a lesson that would have been really, really cool. That's not to say he's not also doing side gigs. That's not to say that he's not successful elsewhere, but that sharing music was actually his joy and passion. It wasn't the music itself. And I just think they could have done that and done a little nod to him and 22, maybe have a relationship again, just like they had with Connie in the beginning of the story. I just think it would have wrapped it up perfectly, but they didn't. I love where you're going with this. We we sort of had a really quick chat about about what else they could have done with the ending the other day. I I agree. I think that it it was fine as an ending goes, and and there were many other ways to take it much further. As you're saying, like whether it's Joe Love or music, I get to see them. Both of them are just reborn as like they just happen to be besties their whole lives, like just inexplicably. Like you don't need. You just roll like the credits, almost the reverse of the way they did up, where you just have like a vignettes of like just, you know, two a boy and a girl playing their whole lives or whatever. Right. Or as you were saying, you've got an, you've got an older Joe and, and a rando kid shows up one day. Uh, I think they should have had a bit more implied but left vague. Yeah. An ending. You know, I don't know if you, I'm sure you know this trivia to one of our favorites or defining favorite movies thing. You know that the original ending of Shawshank Redemption, they do not meet on the beach. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. They it ends with him on the bus looking out the window saying hope. I hope. Yeah. Right? And I think about that a lot and how poorly it tested with audiences, by the way. Right. And that and I don't know what would have happened to that movie had they left that ending. I, I don't think it would be where it is today. No, I think it wouldn't have been. And I, I actually would have preferred that ending because I like the idea of like, I, I like it, but that's me. But that's also that it's funny because that's the opposite of what I want here. But it's because it's a kid's movie. Like I want them because like, listen, they, they so here's where they end. It's a beautiful story with all these ups and downs. And he finally learns his lesson and so on and so forth. And then you get to this place where it's him standing on his porch going, OK, so he's clearly alive. He's back. We know he's back. We know he's back as him and he's going to enjoy every moment. Okay, that's a nice sentiment. Sentimentality is there, story's there, I get it. But like just an eighth of an inch further to show right. him doing it so that you see that it worked and that he made that he made true. Now, look, maybe they're teasing a sequel. I don't know. Doesn't feel like it, but they could be. But I just think it would have been, I mean, granted, every like five minutes on Pixar takes like six months to build. So maybe they just ran out of time. I don't know. But I just feel like they had a real opportunity to do something really kind of clever and special and naughty and fun and something that again they're like one of the only production companies that gets to do that and not get panned for it right so i, yeah. I just feel like it was a mess i would love for somebody hey internet go do this ending <laughs> and internet's done it i'm sure i'm sure it's already out there with your editing skills i bet you could pull it off uh i can't draw to save my life so let him draw some random stuff on paper it's great I'm and sure. just uh do, do some of those Adobe After Effects, and I'm sure it'll be... I've seen people do things with the After Effects. It's very easy, apparently. Apparently. All right, well, listen, Anna, so you're going... What's your official rating on this movie? Oh, I, I this is a solid nine for me. We, we didn't talk about it, and I don't need to go deep into it, but I think one of the most 
important things about this movie is is the dealing with the lost souls so good. area where I don't know that any movie has ever found a way to show children a visualization of what depression or or emotional abuse or mental abuse looks like. And I think giving what what I think that Soul just did, the only like I'd almost give it a 10 just for this reason. Giving families a new vocabulary on how to talk about something, especially coming as 2020 is coming to a wrap where we know depressions and like rampant levels at this point yeah i think i think pixar just gave the world a little gift and i hope people take advantage of it and start having these discussions and the importance of doing that but also not making it heavy and and like it's still it is they go into talking about depression and it is still lighter than killing bambi's mother yeah so you know i'll take i give it solid nine just for that alone but i i enjoyed the movie enough to put it there regardless I think that's perfectly said. I also think it's like a, you know, it's, de- it's definitely a nine creeping towards 10. Uh, and I don't want to talk about it anymore because I think what you just said is probably the most poignant and important thing that they did, uh, which is open the doors for you to have an approachable conversation about feelings and sadness with your kids and even just your friends. Cause here we are two adult people who are like really moved by that. It's, it's so good. So, all right, Jeremy, we just watched, we did it. We did it. All right, JT, I look forward to watching many more movies with you in 2021. Yay, this is over. Thanks for joining us. Now the time has come for leaving fear, now we shall return. We were so glad we could make it, but so sad we gotta run. Well, it might be a long time till we raise another glass. You can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh. Yeah, we'll have ourselves a laugh.